Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host Kita Spears, aka Haiki. What up, winners? And winners, when you guys hear this episode, it will be post Thanksgiving. But here we are, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. What do you got going on for Thanksgiving, Kita? Shit, I was just talking to my mom about this on the way over to record this podcast. Uh, we are doing Thanksgiving dinner at my ladies, my woman's uh, grandma's house. And so my girlfriend is prepping all day today. They hit the Costco run yesterday. So we're going to have a real, real, real big spread. And I will be bringing uh, apple pie and tons of wine. So that's my that's my goal. Okay. So food, drunk, and football. How about you? Oh, perfect. What's your favorite food Thanksgiving Day? Oh, mac and cheese, if it's done right. Candied yams, if it's done right. And the one that nobody cares about, but I care about definitely, stuffing. Okay. I'm a huge stuffing guy. If the stuffing ain't right... I'm a low key, a little, little, little pissed. So. Yeah. Yeah. Stuffing is, uh, it, it can be, it can make or break the, the meal. I'm, I'm with you there. So for me, I'm going to be at my grandma's house. My grandma's 92 years old. Wow. My grandpa's 94 years old. And my grandma is just insistent on hosting Thanksgiving and cooking. <laughs> she's Mexican, stubborn as hell, and doesn't want help. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to feed like 15 people. So guys, you guys are hearing this episode after Thanksgiving. It's probably going to be right around Christmas time. I'm not trying to make you guys cry, but I don't know how many more Christmases I'm going to have with my grandparents. Right? 92, 94. This might be my last Thanksgiving with them. Right? So you better fucking believe I'm going to be hella pre- present during that time, right? Because when you look at that from that perspective, like, man, how many more Christmases am I going to have watching my kids open their presents? How many more New Year's am I going to have looking at my lady in the eye and just giving her a kiss on New Year's Eve? You know what I mean? Like just those kinds of moments. So guys, I implore you guys to you know, really get off your phones, be present, who you're with. And uh, you never know when it's your last, uh, your, your last holiday with, with the people that you love. That's so. a 100%, right? I mean, it just hit me the other day because it went from just not having to do anything and just getting food served to you to now I hosted my first Thanksgiving last year at my home. So it's comes full circle to go from, you know, meeting up with cousins and taking a walk to now having to host your mom, grandma, and girlfriend's family at your own house. Amen. Love it, brother. Well, uh, winners, I hope you guys have some some great holidays and uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And uh, make sure that you give us a review if you have not already. You don't want to be on Santa's uh, naughty list by listening to our show and not giving us any love. So again, keep the DMs coming. Uh, Kita and I really appreciate when you guys let us know that you're tuning in, sharing us, uh, sharing love on the stories and uh, sharing this episode with with friends and people that you know could benefit. And I know you guys are going to really benefit from today's show. We've got an amazing guest. Uh, Kita and I, you know, when we look at inviting someone on the show, we always try to think about, okay, how can this person help? you guys, you listening in the car, you walking your dogs, you at the gym, right? There's so many shows out there and how can we keep you guys entertained? And and I'm always fascinated by somebody that has been able to create a community and they've been doing it for quite some time. And if I understand this person correctly, you know, they did it first. They practiced what they preached 
sounded like they actually just practiced it, perfected it, and then they started being able to teach it and, and preach it. So I think that's really important because there's a lot of bullshit coaches, a lot of gurus out there. And, and this person, Brandon Young, that we have on the show here today, he's out of Florida. Um, he's got a really cool story. He's got a, a really legit business. He's done over $25 million in, in revenue on Amazon. He's got a coaching company, but also a software-based company. So his company goes by Seller Systems and Data Dive, coaching and software business. And uh, he's got over 2000 users in the software space. I think Kita, you know, we internally talk about this within our own company. Like how can we create, you know, monthly reoccurring revenue, annual reoccurring revenue, some kind of software based uh, system with our own company. And I know you guys too, right? You listening to this, how can you guys integrate software in your businesses? And, and Brandon's going to be able to share it with you guys how that happens. So he's got over 2000 users in the software that he has. He owns over 10,000 Amazon students. So this is uh, someone that does the, the real business. Brandon, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Yeah, really, really uh, awesome, awesome show. And uh, it's, it's, I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you. We're excited to have you. Yeah, yeah. Let's get right into it. And just to kind of give the, the, the winners kind of a, a, a peek, uh, I really wanted to get Brandon's wife on the show because they're a husband-wife duo. Um, and I loved that because my wife used to work with me. She technically still owns 1% of the business, but she doesn't respond to any emails and she's a terrible employee and she wanted to get fired. Um, and it <laughs> led to arguments, right? So we just did not make that work in terms of the husband wife duo. Um, and I know people listening to this show, maybe work with their spouses in some way, shape or form when it comes to their jobs or businesses and whatnot. So, you know, Brandon, how did you end up, you know, building an empire with, with your wife? Did you start it and you just like, Hey babe, you're coming along that she, start from the very beginning. Can you kind of talk to us about that? It's such an interesting dynamic because she and I were working together before we started dating. Um, I was doing consulting uh, for startups. Uh, so I had a background in angel investing and in entrepreneurship. Uh, we had sold a family business and that's kind of what I was doing. Uncertain what, what my full-time gig was going to be or what kind of project I wanted to jump into. And I met her at a conference for angel investing, and she had uh, she had a background in computer science. She had two degrees in computer science, and uh, she she was over here studying. And uh, in, in, she's originally from China, so she came back and she came over here in two thousand nine. And so she was on her third degree when I met her, and uh, doing real estate, and wanted to start a, a startup, a technology based startup. So. As a consultant, my job was to help people validate their idea before they wasted a bunch of money on it. So we used a, a practice called Lean Startup. Basically, you go and talk to a bunch of your potential customers and uh, and ask them, would they switch to whatever idea you have? Like, what is the pain point they have? You really have to work backwards from who your client is going to be or who your customer is going to be. And you, you kind of chop together what they call an MVP or an idea, even if it's on a napkin, the uglier, the better, because if they love it and it's ugly, then they're going to love it when it's nice. Right. And, it, and it's just a backwards thought process than, than most people have, which is, no, I got to build something beautiful, amazing and spend all this money on dev and then go find out no one wants it or no one's going to pay for it. Right. So. We went through, we worked maybe for six months uh, on a bunch of different ideas that just kept hitting roadblocks and dead ends and didn't, didn't work. And 
we got to this one point where every time I saw her, I was just so happy and I was going through a divorce at the time. So I was kind of, you know, just, just playing it cool, but I just realized I was falling in love with her. She's just incredibly smart. Uh, and she started to open up because she's a very introverted person. So I got to know her personality a lot more over time. And so uh, at some point I just told her, I said, you know, I, uh, I, I don't want to charge you to work together anymore. I just want to kind of work with you. I, want to date you. I, I, I want more than, than this. And uh, she sat there and thought for about two minutes uh, without saying a word, very analytical. And, and the longer she thought, the better I thought my chances were because, uh, you know, I was like, well, it wasn't a snap. No. So I guess I'm good. Right. So, um, and I asked her later, she said, yeah, me too. And I'm like, holy shit, what took so long? And she's like, well, you know, I was thinking about if I uh, if we date and get married, what it's going to mean, mean for my family back home. And she was like playing it out. She was playing out the rest of our lives for the next, you know, just thinking about saying yes to dating me. And uh, luckily, she said, yes, we ended up uh, getting married a couple of years later. But we started a business together uh, a few months later because we found out what uh, fulfillment by Amazon was, what FBA is. And my previous family business was in uh, construction supplies, wholesale construction supplies. And I knew what it was to have thousands of SKUs, to have a huge warehouse, to have a huge team, to have delivery drivers, to, to all that overhead and how hard that is and how expensive it is. And then I found out that I can buy a product, ship it into Amazon, and then when it sells, they'll do all the heavy lifting. And I, uh, I said, well, that's, that's a scalable business. We can, we can just the two of us, we can make millions of dollars doing that. Uh, if we find the right products to send in that we can make a profit on. And so we tested the theory. We just went to a thrift store. We went to, a, a the, you know, we, we looked around for stuff that we could buy wholesale. We went to target and we just what they call arbitrage, which is just find something that's selling cheaper somewhere else and send it in. And uh, sure enough, like we shipped it in and it sold right away. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, this works. This is a real thing. But I didn't like arbitrage. I didn't like reselling someone else's stuff uh, necessarily that I didn't know I could have a constant supply of. So we ran in to start doing um, wholesale. I went back to my roots. I went to the DeWalt rep. I went to the Milwaukee rep. I went to the Makita rep. And I said, okay, what kind of deals do you have for me? And if you buy a big enough bundle, they get a marketing budget where they start to throw in extra free tools and extra free batteries. So I'd break even on the first purchase of those 50, those 50 kits, but then I'd make money on the batteries, uh, which sell really fast and are 60 to 80 bucks. So I was like, all right, well, we were making a 20% ROI and doing $100,000 or more every month from our second and third month on learning this business. Um, so we, we started just basically making a ton of money, but then we ran into some problems. Amazon changed the game a little bit as they're known to do. They constantly are changing things. And what they did is they, uh, they started blocking certain SKUs and brands from just anyone being able to sell them. They call it gating. So DeWalt started to become a gated brand for us, and it was one of our best sellers. So I said, well, if this trend's going to continue, uh, and I did everything I could talking to the reps and everything, I couldn't become one of the few qualified sellers or approved sellers. So I said, we need to do something else. And uh, we had listened to some podcasts and, and we had figured out that we can make our own products with something called private label, basically just finding a factory, putting our own brand on it, and then shipping the goods here with our own branding. 
And I said, well, you're, you're from China. Why aren't we doing this? This is, this is, we have a huge advantage, right? Like we have the advantage over the Chinese sellers because of me, we have the, the advantage over the American sellers because of you. So we jumped on a plane and we went to Canton Fair, which is the largest trade show in the world uh, every year in Guangzhou, 2016. And uh, two months later, we launched our first couple products on the Amazon, learned a lot of hard lessons, did a lot of things wrong, uh, launched more products, just kept kept trying to figure it out. And we were, we were kind of burning through the cash that we had accumulated doing wholesale and the initial cash we'd put into the business. And uh, eventually we started hitting products and figuring out what was what to do right, what you know, what to do better each time, what data to look at. And really, we created a data based approach looking at keywords, competitors. And uh, the biggest light bulb moment for us was with a giant failure we had. We, we made these really nice noise canceling headphones, active noise canceling headphones, paid $40 landed and brought in, you know, a thousand units of so $40,000 couldn't sell a hundred units of them. And so we lost almost 40,000 uh, combined. And the reality was we didn't figure out which keywords we could realistically rank for uh, that people would be able to search and easily that we could, you know, and find our product before we decided to do the product. And so we created this method of keyword research and competitor analysis where we worked backwards that same method of working backwards from how are we going to sell it? How good, you know, how good is the competition? How competitive is it? What's our chances of success? And then let's go do that product, whatever that product is. And since then we've increased our hit rate, our success rate on products to over 75% uh, that we make money on. And we keep, you know, close to half of the products we launch. And we're, you know, five years later from, from all of that, iteration and learning and we've got you know a few hundred active products we'll do over 25 million in, in revenue on our own businesses this year wow so 25 million a year in revenue is, is yeah what yeah doing. it's uh it's been a journey so what ended up happening is in 2018 uh we had really figured it out like we were taking data from different software sources and i had friends and family we started really making good money and I had friends and family asking, how, how can I sell on Amazon also? And there was a lot out there around the arbitrage thing, but that's, a, that's really a job, right? If you, if you want to make money selling on Amazon and you're doing arbitrage, you're, you're going to Target and Walmart every day or Wal, you know, Walgreens or wherever. You're scanning stuff. Um, and you're only as good as what you find in the store. And then you got to go home. You got to put it in a box. You got to ship it out. And if you stop for any reason, your, your flow of products, your inventory dies, your business is dead. So it's a job. You're, you're kind of locked into doing that every day with private label. We can, you know, get a product that, you know, we do the initial research, we place the order, we get it on a boat, we get it here, we do some marketing, but you could do that from anywhere in the world and you can kind of set your own hours. And then eventually product hits a point where it needs less love and, and care every day. So it becomes more of a maintenance thing, uh, making sure you have the right amount of inventory in there. So that was much more of a scalable business for us. And um, so we were pulling all this data and keyword research and everything. And I basically started teaching friends how to do it. And I created this quote unquote masterclass that later became, uh, but it was free at first. And then I'd get people and I realized like if people attend for free, they don't take action. And I'd get a bunch of people that would be so motivated to go make a change in their lives and they hate their fucking job and they're complaining constantly. And I'm like, I've solved this thing. 
I've got a money printing machine. It just takes above average IQ and a lot of work, uh, but it will set you free. Like it's going to take time, but everyone wants instant gratification. They don't want to put in the work. They don't want to sit there and watch a class. They have ADD, whatever the case is. Right. And I'm like, look, you got to dial in. You got to focus and watch it for 20 minutes, sit back, come on and take notes. And because it's hard, it's a hard business. There's a lot of learning curves from the keyword research, the data analysis to the supply chain, logistics, uh, marketing, content creation, creative. Uh, and then PPC in, a, in and of itself is like days of learning and, and if not more. And so, you know, I'm like, it's a hard business, but start at the beginning, learn how to find a product, bring it over and, and walk through the process. You, you know, within a year or two years, you can have a multi-million dollar business. I've, and since, you know, I, I started offering this service again, the classes out to, to the public, uh, in 2018, 2017, 2018. And then, um, you know, since then I've had over 10,000, probably close to 20,000 people who have taken my classes and I've had over 2000 members who have joined my full college level course and my private mastermind called the inner circle. And that's an annual subscription. And, um, I'm proud of the success rate of our students. I'm proud of the community we built, but I figured out that if you just give someone a course to watch, they're not going to be as successful. You need a community. You need to surround yourselves with other people that are also in that journey that are also grinding. And I think that what I love about your podcast and, 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 you know, about what you're talking to people that are listening and the people that are listening is that a lot of people are trapped with people around them that hold them back. Uh, and it was something in my own life. I had to make changes with friends I grew up with, friends in different communities, and really just kind of separate yourself and realize I need to go make new friends, friends that are more ambitious, that are more successful. And how do I do that? I got to, I got to join a mastermind group. I got to go to events where these people are. And it was stepping out of that comfort zone and joining. I created a mastermind before I created ours. Like I was a co, I was co-founder of a very successful mastermind called million dollar sellers. You had to be doing a million dollars on Amazon before you could join it. And we started it with like 75, 80 of us. Uh, and we got a, I remember getting an Airbnb in, in, uh, for an event in, uh, in, in New York, 14 of us in a house, just drinking and talking for three days, just what's working in your business. What are you doing? What do you, and you left there so motivated. Like that guy figured that shit out and I was helping where I could, and they were helping. And it was that abundance mentality and being around those guys, you get back and then you see that same guy complaining about his job. You're like, dude, you're a loser, dude. Like you need to do something about it. I can't, I can't have you draining my energy. And it just, it's, it's just one of those things that, uh, so when I created my course, I said, I want a mastermind attached to it. I want a community where people can help each other. And so for the next few years, that's what we built up. Um, again, the processes were very manual. We were using different softwares, Helium 10 and, and, uh, and, and different softwares where we could get the data. But then we still had to do the hard work of manipulating the data and putting in formulas to make it make sense in the way that we knew it needed to make sense. And uh, that led to the creation of our software, DataDive. Um, we, we were lucky. We had a member join. This guy has 25 years, 30 years experience at a C-level in development. He was running the largest development firm in Romania, uh, retired, basically walked away from it to, do, uh, to create a business with his wife doing Amazon. 
because his what his kid went to school and he she's like spend some more time with me and he's like all right what do you want to do she's like I, I found this guy that teaches amazon online he looks like he's legitimate he's like all right i'll join it with you we'll start this business together the first thing he says to me when he sees all of these different processes that we're doing manually he says this needs to become a software and he was able to take it and run with it in a, in a way that you know i just can't believe the the what we've been able to build and build on so now this guy is essentially a partner in data dive he's my partner and cto man uh you know my wife and i are like uh ceo chief product officer uh strategist vision like we handle the marketing but as far as product goes he he he's built up a team we've got 24 programmers uh and and growing and we've been able to just build this monster company we're in a much different position than a lot of people that start a software because we do really really well with our other businesses right so we've been able to invest this insane amount of money into this software but we realize the uh the the long-term uh value of a software that recurring revenue that SaaS model the valuations on SaaS, and then building a tool that just needed to be built in the space um there, there's there's a lot of tools out there that give you give you a little bit of data and have some tools built in but there's nothing that's as comprehensive as what we're building wow so i mean there was so much in this i want to just break a couple things down for like the winners so when it comes to you know taking it all the way back to kind of like the failures or like the the things that almost hit when you're launching your products, how much goes into, or how much would you say now, now that you've got a better system, should someone be doing into research SEO prior to launch, or is it just finding a good product? You know, like, cause it sounds like with the story you mentioned with the headphones, you had a good product. You didn't do the research and kind of what necessary SEO beforehand. So for someone starting new who wants to white label or private label their own product, where would they focus more attention, finding that good product or putting more focus in on that grunt work of the research and SEO? You know, all of our all of our product decisions start with uh, keyword research. We might get ideas from somewhere, but then we immediately from that idea go jump into keyword research and validate the product that way. If it doesn't make sense from a data perspective, we move on to the next product. A lot of people that I've seen make mistakes in this business that fail. It's because they fall in love with their idea. They fall in love with the, their invention or their what their differentiator is or what they think they they're doing that's special. And it brings me back to the days when I was doing software consulting and or startup consulting where people would fall in love with an idea. They'd spend all this money to build this amazing, beautiful app and then find out later that very few people want it or need it or are willing to move away from the current solution they have. Um, and that's similar with this business. So I think what you're saying can be applied to anyone that wants to start a business or maybe they have a plumbing business, a roofing business, a solar business, any kind of business testing, right? So you're listening to this show right now and, and maybe you have this idea to start this business or you have an existing business and you're thinking, man, it'd be nice to have this other product or this other offer that we can put within our, our space to generate more revenue. It seems like a common theme that you keep bringing up is is testing. What are some things that you've learned that over the years that uh, applies to testing and how you've been able to make it work and maybe shed some light, some pointers that some of the winners can take when it comes to you know actually implementing the the testing? 
Yeah, it all comes down to the customers, right? And uh, you, you bring up an amazing point here. It's customer feedback is primary to everything. And the way, and it's interesting because whether you have that physical business and you go knock on a door and talk to your, talk to a potential customer before you even have that offer, just, you know, knock on a hundred doors, don't knock on five, right? Get, get a good set of data, but go, go door to door and, or pick up the phone and make some calls, get some validation. The same way that that, that works is that the keyword research we look at on, on Amazon is the same thing. It's the customers actually logging on and doing a search. So when we see the keywords, the different ways people search for the same product and how many times per month they're searching for the, each of those ways, we have a really good idea of all the different ways we need to rank this product. Now we're looking for products in particular that have a large range of ways people search for the product because it plays to our strengths of being able to find those by doing that, that, that in-depth keyword research. We're not looking for a product that is only called one thing that don't people only search one way, even if there's a million searches a month, because anyone can compete with you on that keyword. Anyone's going to be able to try to rank for that and guess it. Right. So, um, but it, it's still validating backwards from are people searching for this? How are they searching for it? How often are they searching for it? And what does that mean with regards to how many units I can sell? So if you're selling a service locally, how many people in your market in your market are a potential customer? And how are you going to reach those people? Um, and what is that cost of acquisition, that customer acquisition cost? Getting into the mindset of, of like, I've spent the last year just diving into running a software business. It's a completely different business. Listening to podcasts, I went out to Saster, which is a huge conference out in San Francisco for uh, software as a service businesses. We had 20,000 people at that conference. Wow. Insane number, right? That's huge. And what's interesting is, you know, it, the fundamentals are the same. You know, you have to understand how much it costs you to get a customer. And then how long is that customer going to be a customer of yours? And how much, what's the value of that customer? With software, where they stay subscribed, that soft, that, that lifelong value is longer. Uh, and, but for my toy business, which is one of my biggest brands, I sell a $20 toy one time. So I can't afford to run a Facebook ad and spend $14 to bring in a customer to my face, to my, to my own website and then sell them a $20 toy. I'm going to lose money every time. And I can't reliably think that someone's going to come back and buy another toy. Um, at least not until next year when their three-year-old girl turns four, right? So, and how do I make sure of that? How do I, how do I measure that lifelong value? It just isn't thing. So I have to work within the confines of my business, depending on how do I get a customer? How long, how much is that customer worth to me? And that's the fundamental for every business, I think. Hmm. So like, this kind of goes back to like your consulting days, like how you analytically look at the new business, the software business, how you, uh, you know, analytically looked at the SKUs and the products and all your launches. I really like that about you because I don't feel like people look into the details enough and that's the devil's in the details. And you're almost forcing your students and the people listening to audit their business and say, do people even give a shit about what you're offering? Like that's like question number one. And it's ultimately the only question that matters is, are you bringing something that offers value to the marketplace. And it's just crazy how like, it's just so simple how you broke it down, but it's doesn't matter if it's a billion dollars software as a service company, or you're starting trying to get six figures in Amazon. 
Yeah, and, and so exactly to that same point, it works even within Amazon. It's like, um, I know I want to sell this, uh, this new product, like this new toiletry bag, for example, right? There's a bunch of different toiletry bags on there with a bunch of different designs. So I think personally, I'm going to design the best toiletry bag ever. So I'm going to go to the factory and I'm going to spend all this time designing it and developing it and pay for them to ship it here, right? And then it gets here and it gets into Amazon. And then I find out, you know what? People didn't want my pink toiletry bag with a smaller zipper. They wanted the wide open gray one or black one, right? And they wanted they wanted a completely different style than what I offered. And so my product's going to fail. I'm not going to be able to stay ranked well on a lot of these keywords because I have less clicks and less conversions than my competition, which are ultimately the main triggers for rank. So how do you test that in advance? Well, you got to work through a ton of different designs and then there's services out there that you can use that will randomly pull a hundred people for you and ask them, which of these three would you buy and why, right? Like which, which design are you most likely to, to purchase? And you can ask them to, to validate your new design before you spend the money to really go design it before you or, or, or purchase it and to get it on a boat and to bring it over here. Um, and I think that that testing ahead of time needs to happen in just about any business you're doing. Gotcha. Is that part of that lean startup model you mentioned earlier that you do for your consulting? Could you offer some more insight on that? Yeah, that's a hundred percent it, right? Like you, you, you throw up something on the, uh, like you just talk about the value proposition that you're going to offer. What is your unique selling, uh, point? Uh, and, and what is the value of your product versus the current competition? You need to do a deep and uh, competitor analysis to start. What's in the market? How much does it cost? What do people love? What do they hate about it? Why is yours better? Is that, is that your, is your benefit enough to make people change? Is the pain point high enough? Is the threshold pain threshold high enough to make people change? And I, I always use the, uh, the analogy of like the bank. Almost everyone I know hates their bank, but no one changes banks, right? And, and uh, it's it's like you know, to change banks is such a pain in the ass. I'll complain about the fact that my Bank of America is open three hours a day. They have the worst customer service and they're impossible to get a hold of. Uh, but meanwhile, like I won't go change to Chase or to Capital One or something, which is obviously better. Um, so how painful does it have to be for them to make a change? And how do you facilitate that change? And and so you, you need to go talk to people. And that's the only way to do it. Yeah, that's gold. I, uh, that's, I think people can kind of get lost. Like you're a smart guy, man. So like you've kind of just geeked out on some shit and I love it because for the people that want to learn how to make money online, um, I was doing a lot of research on you, Brandon, and uh, dude, like you're, you're the real deal. And I want to get into some controversial subject matter here soon because you, you recently made a post on Instagram that I want to get your insight on. But, you know, I think people really need to go back and listen to what you just said, right? Because you guys all have an offer. You have a product, you have a service, right? And you want to be able to propose a, an exchange of services, right? Where you give them that service, that product, and they give you money, right? But that pain point has to be high enough, like Brandon is saying, for you to actually facilitate that, right? So it comes down to you guys. How can you guys create that conversation? How can you guys create that content? How can you create that messaging? How can your sales team 
you know, convey, um, all of those pain points and then getting those people to move forward. So, um, Brandon, I love just how, how simple, um, you were able to break that down. So, you know, I want to get kind of pivot and, and, and really spice things up because I know winners, you guys, you know, may or may not already be thinking about, shit, crypto's down, stocks are down, real estate's slowing down. Like I got to find some other ways to make money and e-commerce isn't going away, right? The opportunity to make money online is not going away. So we know that's a, a fact. So how can you guys get your hands in, in the pot, right? How can you guys start creating that supplemental income or that full-time replacement income, right? Obviously, you know, Brandon's someone that can help you guys, but I know you guys have probably have heard about like the done for you space where you pay a lot of money to have a company set up your Amazon store, your Walmart store. Maybe they take a portion of the profits, a portion of the ownership, and you guys split profits and it's passive and it's turnkey and you're making money in your sleep. I know you've seen an ad like that, right? And, and Brandon, you know, Keita and I, we've, we've been in this space now in, in the retirement account world now for, shoot, almost 10 years. And so we've crossed paths with a lot of people in the business opportunity space. Um, so, you know, we've seen some of this messaging out there and a lot of companies have been shut down, obviously, but there's still a lot of companies that are doing things. So does done for you exist, man? Like, can people actually spend 10, 15, $20,000 or more and have a company, you know, set up everything for them. And that done for you model is legit. Or is that whole thing just a scam? I've never seen a single one of them that isn't a scam. Um, so here's the thing. There's a difference between having an agency that offers a set a service for you to run your business in exchange for a fee. But to set up and start a whole business for you and then split the profits with you, there is not a single good reason any single one of them can give you when you ask them the question, why wouldn't you just do it yourself? If they're good at the business, look, I, I can, like, if I had the bandwidth, the team, the, and, and I was only focusing on my brands, I could start 10 more brands in the next year. And I could drive those brands to be successful and um, at a very high success rate. And I could keep 100% of the profits. Instead, I just launched, I launched over 100 new products this last year, right? With many of them profitable. Why would I ever do that for you, you know, in exchange for only a percentage of the business? And the argument might be, well, they need the capital or something and they want to be a partner. But the reality is that most of them are just con artists. They're all just scamming. Um, now, I do know great service providers that do PPC management or marketing management for your brand or will take over the entire account management for you so you can just focus on new product development or whatever you're working on in your business and then roll that into the, what they're doing. And they take, you know, three to five percent. 6% of your revenue sometimes. So it can be expensive, but they're not taking any equity. They're not taking any, uh, you know, 50% or something. So yeah, I, uh, I call them out on a regular basis because first of all, most of these guys are unproven. They've never been successful. They're not currently running their own successful brands. And then they're offering that, that they can do it for you uh, and split it with you and be successful. Why, why aren't they doing it themselves? The only person that I thought had a chance of pulling it off was uh, this guy, Seth Kniff from Just One Dime. He had a successful coaching business for years 
And a lot of his methods aligned a little bit with mine for many years. And so when I, when I kind of, I just kind of like know who's in the space and who else is teaching. And I was like, well, that guy kind of knows his stuff. He had some shady stuff in his past where he was having his students cheat by buying each other's products and leaving reviews. Super, super terrible. A bunch of them got suspended for it, doing black hat stuff like that. Uh, I never teach black hat. I want, you know, you should be building up a long-term brand and stuff. So I was like, that's, that's horrible. Stay away from that. And then they got, they got in trouble for it. But I was like, you know, but overall his methods of finding products and launching were above average, right? Like you could be successful at a rate. And then he offered this done for you service. And I'm like, well, he's doing the coaching thing. Maybe he's doing some kind of guidance into some management or something. Maybe it's okay. He just shut his doors. He got in trouble with the FTC. He had a huge failure rate. He had trouble bringing in enough products and having a successful rate of, of return. Even at my level, I think I'm I'm near the top. I'm in the top 1%, 0.1% of successful sellers on Amazon. And, and I can tell you that my success rate for a product that I keep, that I will reorder, is less than 50%. So how can anyone promise you they're going to do better for you than that? Oof. I love it, man. I saw uh, I saw Kevin David just got popped by the FTC. He's been around for a long time, hasn't he? You know my history with him? No, but I saw you post on Instagram and, and Kita and I have seen him. You know, he's been, you know, in the guru space for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen his ads. Don't know him personally. Don't know anyone that's worked with them, but... I'm not surprised, man. We've seen a lot of these quote unquote gurus get popped by these. I, I don't, I don't pull any punches when it comes to him. Uh, he's a real piece of shit. So that my, my history with him was he, he, um, I called him out because I looked at his, his content a few years ago, his Amazon content. It was all outdated. It was horrible. He would market to anyone. He would tell people they can get into this business by putting it on a credit card. First of all, you can't do that. This is a long, long business and you're just going to go bankrupt. You need enough capital. He doesn't teach on on how much money you actually need to do the business properly. He's telling people to put it, go into debt to start it. All of that's terrible advice to begin with. And then his, his methodology for finding products was awful. Success rate of his products and his methods was under 3%, right? The success rate of his students, probably under 1%. That means that 99% of the people taking his course that he convinced that he conned into taking his course um, lost money and hurt themselves, not just with the thousand or two thousand dollars they bought his course for, but for the thousands of dollars they went into debt to try to start the business for. And I realized the impact that pot like that, that money can have on and stress on a relationship, on marriages, on life. You're talking about tearing apart marriages you're talking about hurting kids and families at that point so when i when i when i tell you that that he's a piece of shit i'm not holding any punches but it's it's even worse than that so i called him out on a couple posts and i said look this dude's a con artist he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to amazon now i'll give him credit he's a fucking brilliant marketer one of the best marketers i've ever seen retargeting funnels like being able to get back in your face great personality very very personable great at selling, can get you to convince people to do anything, right? Uh, snake oil salesman, just like, but like could get the ads in front of you and convince you to do it. And it's why he was with ClickFunnels and winning these two comma club X awards for selling tens of millions of dollars in courses because he's really good at marketing. But then he's hurting all these people on the back end because he's convincing them to go into a business that he really doesn't know anything about that he's, that he, that he, that he, and he's full of shit. 
and and the success rate is so low. So I called him a con artist, and then I got a lo- a letter from his lawyer threatening damages because I'm 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 in the space and I'm in some big groups and I had done it there. They wanted two hundred fifty thousand dollars in damages and an apology and all these things uh, for for calling him a con artist for defamation. So I got my lawyer involved. And I have I have I have liability insurance and it covers defamation suits, luckily. So that's funny, too. So I said, uh, well, I got my lawyer involved and they started communicating with his attorney and they got on a phone call and I gave these very clear instructions to my attorney. I said, let him know I'm not giving him a single penny. And if he wants to go to court, uh, I'm more than happy to do that. I will gladly spend over a hundred thousand dollars of my own money because i will go deep into discovery i will look at every client he's ever done i will package it all up very nicely for a prosecutor by the time i'm done with it uh let's go and so by the end of the call he just went away (laughs) (laughs) damn damn way to put it on the table way to put it on the table Haven't, haven't heard from him since Except for now, he just uh, the FTC just ruled against him for over fifty million dollars in damages for for conning a bunch of people. It's just a shame that you know we try to put people on blast in the community, and I settled down for many years after that. I didn't, I you know, this is going back three years ago. I was on Coffeezilla's uh, YouTube channel talking about it three years ago, talking about how he should be in jail and what happened because he called him out and then he had me on as an interview, and. Um, and I said, you know, I, I just kind of took it easy. I was like, look, I'm going to stop calling people out as much. Just focus on my own thing, put my head down and try to outshine them with value. Right. That's the only way to do it. Just try to show people the difference. Take my free class. You're going to learn more in that free class than you would have learned in Kevin David's hours of, of, of his co- entire course. Right. Like ten, tens of hours of entire course. And then you'll see the difference. You'll see that we look at real data like and I'm not I'm not trying to sell you anything. Right. Like this business is either right for you or it's not. Here's the criteria. Here's how to make the decision tree. And then um, if, if it makes sense to you and you've got the capability then and you're going to work hard, then go for it. If not, don't do it. So it's very, I love how it's just black and white. And it seems like every other guru in the e-com space always likes to operate in the gray or yeah, it could work for you. I've got people that do millions of dollars and never say that about the people that do zero dollars. Or the ones that go bankrupt, you know, and it's for you, it's very black and white. It's either it, it works or it doesn't. You're going to even if even if you're right for the space, you could fail. Right. Like that, that is a reality. That is an outcome, you know, a percentage of the time. If you choose a product that's more risky, there are niches that are more competitive, that are harder to get into supplements, for example, you need hundreds of thousands of dollars and a very advanced knowledge of Amazon um, to, to even compete. So you're really rolling the dice and your success rate on launching a successful supplement supplement into a lot of these categories is going to be very low. So, but we show you how to look at that data and we give you the heads up on stuff like that. We, we can show you based on a specific, any given product, if it's this wireless mic stand or this tumbler or anything on your desk, I can show you how many are selling every month on Amazon, what, what the current sellers are doing right and wrong. And then which keywords they're using to get sales, how people are searching for them. And, 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 you know, you can understand your chances of success based on those, that information. Um, so we just break it down and then you can make the decision. Do I want to get into a more competitive niche or do I want to go with a single or a double, start bringing in a hundred or $200 a day in profit 
just to get the ball rolling and learn the process. And that's what I always recommend with people. You're learning the process. Even if you got a million dollars in the bank, start with something that's going to make you a hundred, 200 bucks. Like go through the process of sourcing product development, logistics, shit goes wrong easily in this business. You make one mistake. You have to relabel all your products. You make one mistake and you don't, you don't get your product and your inventory cleared properly. You can get it seized at the port. You can lose everything very easily by not following the right processes and checklists. So start small, but learn it, learn it at a high level. I love how real that gets in like, if you don't mind sharing, like how many failures did it happen before you got the one, you know, like I know there's multiple, the one products now for your brand because you do 25 million, but how many failed products did it get before you hit the home run? It was interesting because we had like a mix, right? We had a mixed bag. We were one of the first sellers on Amazon selling wireless charging pads. Oh, okay. And we were, we, we nailed it. Like we were, we were, we saw a trend. We were, we were, we were sourcing directly from Shenzhen factories, put our brands on it, came over here. Success rate was great. Uh, we were selling 70 units a day. All of a sudden after maybe three orders, our, our, we went from like 70 units a day to five. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, what happened? And we didn't know. We had gotten attacked from a competitor who changed our listing uh, category. And it immediately like disrupted Amazon's algorithm and our ranks. We didn't figure that out for another year. We just killed the product and like sold out of the inventory slowly and kind of like went away. But if you don't know those things are even a possibility, like you just don't know what you don't know. So that was something that we had to learn is like, all right, well, how can you be attacked? What is the, what are the black hat methods your competitors can use and how do you defend against them? Uh, another example was, uh, but we were making money on that product before it failed. We had a wireless uh, a Bluetooth uh, waterproof speaker, like a little, little cube thing. I, I just moved offices. I usually keep it with me as a memento. Brought it in, launched it, was doing good. We we put in another order, uh, $6,000 in inventory. And this is super early. This is maybe our second or third product. Um, got seized at the port, just like I was just talking, because we didn't certify with Bluetooth to be able to use Bluetooth. And I didn't know that that was even a thing that you had to do. Wow. So, so the port seizes it. Now I didn't know that I could, I guess I, at the time the option was go pay, pay tens of thousands of dollars to Bluetooth to join their organization and get it certified and then, and then try to get the units, but to save 6,000 on a new product, um, you know, that was just going to make us a little bit every day. It didn't make sense for us to do that, but we just lit $6,000 on fire with that product. Mm. And not to mention the time that we put into developing it. Um, I gave you the example of the headphones. There was an example of some bricks that we did that were like uh, lighted bricks. Uh, again, another example of us not figuring out how we were going to sell it before we, we brought it in. Um, the headphones was a good example of another lesson we learned, which is we've got a $75 set of headphones or $80 set of headphones. We're not going to be able to compete on a keyword like wireless headphones where you got a bunch of $15 competitors. And we're not going to be able to compete against Sony or any of these other major brands with, you know, whatever my brand was at the time. Right. And it's just like, you know, it doesn't work that way. Um, though name recognition does matter in some categories and electronics is one of them. Uh, so 
yeah, these are the little bit of lessons and the failures that you go through. But then we had uh, one of our biggest successes for a long time was uh, we were one of the first sellers of true wireless earbuds. Uh, this is way before Samsung had true wireless earbuds even. So you're talking about 2016, uh, end of 2016, going into 2017. We were selling over 100 pairs of these headphones every single day. They come in a little recharging case. But the defect rate on them, because the Bluetooth technology was still young, one of them was a receiver and had to communicate to the other one in real time and sync. So our defect rate with that technology was like over 10%. Mm. So we had a ton of returns. But the margin was insane. We were landing them at $8, selling them at 40 I could give away two more units to someone that had a bad unit with, and still make money on that sale. So I was, I was, you know, we were, all of this was just a learning curve and learning from every single product. Eventually, we decided not to stay in electronics. It was overly competitive, saturated. The Shenzhen and Chinese sellers were willing to work at a very thin margin. Uh, they, they were constantly attacking you. And we moved into, you know, travel and toys and outdoors and other categories, uh, you know, that, that are far less competitive where we could, you know, find our own way with our advantages, our keyword advantages and, and start to grow brands. Yeah, that's, that's great. And you mentioned a few times. So basically how you're able to help people, one, you've got some really, really solid content on your social media, like Instagram, but you mentioned, you said free class. So basically that's, you know, kind of your, your top of funnel, helping people just like Gary, Gary V giving the game away for free. It's just like, dude, imagine if you paid me, but here's my free content. Is that kind of the strategy? A hundred percent, man. I just want, I want people to a see the difference and then know whether the business is right for them. So what makes, I think, a big difference is that I don't want people to sign up for the full course and join the mastermind if they're not going to be active and if they're not going to do anything with it. I don't need their money, right? So I'm not out here trying to squeeze every dime from every person. So that's why my course is one of the cheapest. And that's why, uh, you know, I, 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 I give that free content away. And that masterclass is a really good example of three hours of detailed information on how to get started. This is how you do the research. This is how you look at keywords. This is how you find a product. This is how you would analyze it uh, and find out whether it's a good idea. You can go start doing that on your own right away. You don't need me anymore. Now, now there's a lot to learn, right? Like that's only one of the learning curves. There's so much more that I'm hoping that if you're serious about starting the business and you realize it's right for you, then, then you would come back to me for more. But that's just like you said, top of funnel for me, but also a qualifier more than anything. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I love how you explained it that way. And at Winners, I think you guys can think about your own kind of entry point, your own business, your own service, your own product, right? How can you kind of open up the door, have them get a sneak peek? But it sounds like it's more than just a sneak peek. You're giving them, you know, a full plate meat and potatoes and then, hey, do, do you want more? Right. So I, I, I love that. So it's a brilliant idea, Brandon. And then you've got an upcoming event. Um, you've got a two-day event coming up. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so I've spoken at dozens and dozens of events over the last five, six years. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's always the same thing, right? You go there, you've got speakers talking at you from the stage. And it gets to the point where you're, you get more advanced. So you don't even start, you don't even go into the talks anymore. You're kind of in the hallway, just networking and talking with friends. And so I noticed that, you know, the more I would go to events, the more that the speakers didn't even matter. 
And so I said, well, I want to do an event. And I've got, now, now listen, I, I, I just got back from Innovate, uh, AMZ Innovate. My friends put it on only eight, seven and eight figure sellers and a, nine, a couple nine figure sellers speaking at that event. Mm. Uh, very, very high level. But the problem is you get 30 minutes, 45 minutes max to basically run through a bunch of things that are kind of working. And it's like, what is working? But you don't get to tell people how it's working or how to implement it in their business, right? You don't get to dive deep. So when I wanted to put on an event, I said, okay, the two elements that I want more than anything are the networking and I want to go deep. I want to, I want to actually make it a workshop based interactive workshop based event where people are there in the audience working on their, their things. And, uh, and, and so that was the idea. That's where we were born from. And I said, one day is not enough. We need two days. And then the next problem I thought of, which is, I've got sellers like where I was last year, the last two years, that in this business, you hit a wall at like five to $6 million. As an individual, this is no bullshit, right? As an individual in this business with you and a VA, you and a partner, you can build a three to $5 million business. The reason is because you have that heavy lifting from Amazon on the back end, and you're going to have 15, 20 products that you can manage yourself. Now you need to start hiring people if you want to scale, right? So then you start to hire a specialist, another specialist. Now you got a an org chart that's kind of flat where you got a guy doing this, a guy doing that, you doing this, and you got you can get to 10 million. But to get to 50 million, which is our goal for next year, you have to build a real company. You have to you have to you have to you have to really figure out how to run a true organization how how your org chart looks now i teach org chart very early on even when it's just you and your partner there are still six or eight seats there but you're sitting in all of them you're wearing all those hats you got all those kpis you're you're responsible for every single one of those things right and then you need an honest evaluation how good are you at that job hey i suck at this one but i'm really good at this one maybe that's the first one you should replace right but the reality is a lot of us don't know how to properly interview, how to set job descriptions, how to hire A players, how to how to bring someone in and give them a clear path for progression from associate to junior to senior, how to help, how, how to have them helping you to do the training, uh, how to train them for the first six months so that you can start to elevate their game and, and, and elevate the business, how to set quarterly goals, how to set, you know, set your goals for the next year and work backwards into, into you know, what levers are you going to pull and what resources do you need to pull them? I've spent the last two years with uh, my wife and I have spent the last two years with executive coaches. We've spent over $200,000 in coaching just for our businesses. But I can tell you that the value of my businesses in the last two years have gone for 10 million to over 60 million because of that coaching, because I've learned how to scale the teams. I've got 30 on one side, 30 on another. I've got over 60 employees. I would never be able to get to that without that level of training. So the goal is to take those executives that know Amazon well enough. They've been in my course. They've been in different courses. They've built up a $5 million business, but now they want to go to 50 million over the next two years. Well, let's figure out, let, let, let's help you start there. Let's, let's get you some quarterly goals and some levers you can pull, what resources you need, get visibility on it so that when you walk out of that door after those two days, you're going to have an action plan and you're going to be able to start hitting the ground running. So that's one side of the event is those those executives that are doing that level that are looking to bring it to the next, you know, go to, you know, go to the next. And then the other side is all the workshops for those 
their employees, their partners, and their and, and other sellers who are just getting started or zero to one to two million dollars. So it's two simultaneous workshop events happening at the same time, really. Um, but with the fun networking in between, we're going to do some cool shit. Love and and where is this event going to be, and and what are the dates? Uh, it's in Orlando, January eighth through tenth. Uh, so I appreciate you letting me talk about it, man. I uh, it's my first time doing an event. I might lose a lot of money. It's an expensive thing to do to put on an event. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting maybe a couple hundred, 150, 200 people to show up. If more than that show up, it's fine. But look, if you, if only a hundred show up, I don't care. If I lose a little bit of money, it's a learning experience, and it'll be the best event those hundred people have ever been to. So that's the way I look at it. <laughs> It's always good to go to the first ones because, you know, you over deliver on them. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to always, you know, over deliver. Like, uh, that's just that's this way you got to be right. Well, who uh, wouldn't want to go to Orlando, Florida in January? Right. <laughs> Buffalo sounds shitty right now. Cleveland sounds terrible. Philly sounds <laughs> terrible if you guys live there i'm sorry besides those football teams at least they have good football yeah yeah (laughs) for sure well guys uh where's a good place brandon for people to to learn more about you follow you all that kind of fun stuff yeah so i I guess the easiest place is seller-systems.com uh that's that's where you can find that free class there's a big button says free master class that's a great introduction to amazon private label see if it's right for you otherwise Dude, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to chat. Uh, Instagram. I, I don't do as much there, but uh, I, I, every once in a while, I'm, I'm trying to get more active with it. I'm, I'm, you know, that's one of the things that I'm not as good of a marketer as Kevin David, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know your shit. And if you really want to help people the way I know you genuinely want to help people, I can hear it. I see it in your face. Man, the world needs more of your light, brother. Like your content, yeah. your, your content's solid. So um sure, the, the world needs more of you so so guys go, go give brandon young a follow um the website he just listed to sign up for his free class that'll be in the show notes you can find him on instagram under brandon young linkedin brandon young we'll put that in the show notes as well and uh brandon i really want to thank you for for the time that you you gave us here today a lot of nuggets that you dropped um i mean it's not a secret why you're a winner man yeah. like you you know your shit and guys like brandon has said this a few different times so i think one thing that you can extract out of this more than anything is he just said if i lose money at this event it's going to be a learning experience how many times do you get kicked in the nuts you lose money something bad happens and you don't look at it as this is a learning experience right you look at it as like you're a victim why me it's like no man like Brandon, you keep going back to the drawing board, right? Like you fail, but then you go back to the drawing board. You're like, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? And how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Oh shit, this is a learning experience. Let's keep taking action. It's the only way to be, man. You got to move forward, right? Like uh, onward and upward. Oh yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, winners share this episode with a friend, a family member. It means a lot to us. Go give Brandon a, a, a follow. Go see him out in Florida. Sounds like we might have to make a trip out there. It's getting cold right now in in Las Vegas. I mean, there's no snow out here, but Florida, shit, that sounds really nice. So, winners, I hope you guys have a great holiday season, a great rest of your day, and we will catch you guys uh, here soon. Peace. Peace.